This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Knight's Mill, Machine Learning, and Silicon Photonics. News and reactions from the Intel Developer Forum. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman. And Michael, this week in HPC, it was Intel Developer Forum in San Francisco. Yeah, there was a lot of news coming out of IDF and a lot of news related to it because uh, some of the Intel competitors got got in the mix as well, sort of reacting to some of that news and actually, in some cases, trying to preempt uh, some of the news that Intel is putting out. So there's a lot to cover today. Yeah, we we do have a lot, and we'll get to those reactions as well. IDF, of course, is a very broad conference because it talks to Intel developers for the entire spectrum of products they deploy. So predictably, there's a lot of consumer focus when you get into the the you know the the BK's keynote on the first day, and they they get into a lot of consumer things. So there was a lot of virtual reality, augmented reality, what they were calling merged reality. There was a lot of the games focus, but by the time you got into the second day, and particularly Diane Bryant's uh, data center group keynote, there really was underneath that a, a big focus on some high-performance areas, particularly in the area that they were pretty consistently calling artificial intelligence, but what they really meant most of the time was machine learning or, or deep learning, which is really entrenched in the analytics space for them. And particularly in that, uh, they, they had a, a, a new announcement with a product called Knight's Mill. Yeah, something Diane talked about in the midst of her keynote. It was sort of, a, in a sense, a throwaway. She didn't talk about it for very long, but a lot of people, of course, glommed onto it because basically it was uh, an unveiling of a new product. Uh, not that they have this product yet. It's more like an unveiling of the plans for the product, and it's, it's something they hadn't talked about previously. Knight's Mill, uh, the way she characterized it, was sort of a variant of the Xeon Phi's they've already put out, but in this case targeted specifically for the machine learning space. So basically for the training side of of the modeling they do there, uh, going head-to-head with what uh, NVIDIA has been doing for several years with their GPUs. And in this case, they're going to build a special version for those um, for the machine learning training and uh, tweak it in, in certain ways that she didn't go into very much detail in, but something that would uh, directly compete with the GPU side. Right, and this is critical to Intel's focus on where they're going with artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, without getting into anything at the NDA level, some things that Diane did reiterate in her keynote is that um, they're going to be focusing the Xeon Phi products, where this Knight's Mill is included, on more of the training side of deep learning, whereas the the Xeon is going to be more on the uh, inference side. The training, she said, after all, is only, quote, simple linear algebra, uh, and they're they're really focusing the, the Xeon Phi line there. I was really interested that to what extent they were equating uh, machine learning and deep learning or, or artificial intelligence in general with analytics, that it was an entirely an analytics play. I think that's expanding the definition of analytics a little bit and somewhat of a reaction to how IBM positions uh, Watson, but uh, but definitely interesting to look at how they're approaching the problem. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the way I think the way it stands today, most of the AI applications, most of the commercial solutions are what you would what you would call data analytics. It doesn't have to be that way, but that's how it's moved forward. Certainly, deep learning is a very data centric type of type of application. I think uh, Intel has sort of rightly glommed onto that as, as sort of a special case. It's sort of a in a sense, it's a killer application for data analytics since it's such a fast-growing space and certainly one that, that Intel is very interested in and, and wants to be uh, you know, a, a leader in, in the market. So uh, I think it's, it's, a, it, it's a reasonable approach to sort of put this under the purview of, of data analytics. It just happens to have, have worked out that way in the near term. It's certainly you know a hot growth area that people are trying to jump onto now. Intel is also very clearly trying to align to really the the top tier customers in this space, what they call the Super Seven cloud service providers: Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Tencent, Baidu, Alibaba. And during her keynote, Diane Bryant also you know expanded it to Super Seven plus one in order to include a large telecom, AT and T, in that. Now those eight companies, their seven plus one, don't perfectly align to the tier one that uh, Intersect three hundred and sixty laid out in the hyperscale space. Ten organizations that. Uh, spend uh, at least a billion dollars a year each on IT. There's at least one out of those eight that doesn't make our tier one cut, and then we're cu- counting a couple that they don't have. But it's a pretty close mapping. They're really uh, targeting that top-tier space of hyperscale. Yeah, and however you sort of slice that market, it is a huge market. NVIDIA released some figures in this past quarter saying basically half of their their data center revenue came from Sort of the the hyperscale space with the with the deep learning application in mind, and that that amounted to probably what was in the in the range of seventy to eighty million dollars for that quarter. Now those those of course go up and down depending upon you know, sort of the spending cycles, but that's a lot of money, and it's a it's a growing uh, space. So uh, obviously Intel wants to get into this, and with Knight's Mill, that was basically the idea here. It's this sort of interesting. Uh, aspect to this. I mean, we were both at ISC just, you know, back in June, and and at that point they were talking about Knight's Landing as as the uh, the chip that they thought was uh, a very competitive solution for the deep learning space. And in that sense, Knight's Mill this Knight's Mill announcement was a bit of a surprise because all of a sudden now they're going to say, well, forget about Knight's Landing. That's that's for HPC now. Knight's Mill is going to be the chip going forward for this. Uh, this deep learning space. So in, in that sense, I think uh, there's, there's sort of a reaction upon to, to what NVIDIA has been doing in that it's been a little more specific about targeting some of its hardware into this, uh, this application set. Now Intel's responding. Yeah, I think that's interesting, and I think you're right that you know that you'd get to a position where Intel feels like it's responding to NVIDIA or feels like it's responding to IBM. Now they have their own... Uh, Intel strategy around this with what Diane called a common and consistent programming model approach for for these cloud service providers, and they're making these other investments in hardware as well. They also introduced Intel rack scale design, which is they said has been adopted by Open Compute Project and the Scorpio Project in China. They've got partners Dell, Ericsson, Inspur, QCT all signed up to support it with this rack scale design that's uh, 
available at the end of 2016. They've also made some acquisitions here, even in deep learning. We were so busy talking about HPE and SGI last week, we didn't get to really talk about an acquisition that Intel had made with a company called Nirvana, which is a deep learning company. Right, Nirvana, and I covered this at Top 500, a very interesting company. They uh, they have some software on their on their side that they've they've put out called Neon that's supposed to be about twice as fast as Cafe for for deep learning applications for deep learning frameworks. So they're they're basically uh, offering that today, but they're also working on a deep learning chip, so a special uh, custom built chip for the deep learning side. Now, the fact that Intel uh, acquired them or is in the process of acquiring them and hasn't closed yet. Uh, is very interesting. Uh, in a sense, you're gonna, you're, it's probably going to be that, that that deep learning chip will will go by the wayside since uh, Intel obviously is going to put Knight's Mill ahead of that. But um, it'll be interesting to see if any of that expertise or intellectual property that was with Nirvana for that hardware and, and even that software will transfer into sort of this Knight's Knights Mill platform um, going forward. It was an acquisition that was very close to the time they announced Knights Mill, so you've got to think those two are related to some extent. Yeah, now obviously we were talking about reacting to uh, some of these announcements. NVIDIA doesn't want to let all of IDF go by without them getting to comment on it. NVIDIA was putting out some news of its own together with IDF in order to try to refute some of Intel's claims around uh, deep learning. Yeah, in fact, they reacted to the original claim uh, that uh, Intel was putting out at ISC about their Knight's Landing chip as far as how well it would, uh, how well it works with some of the deep learning applications, how it compares to GPUs. Now, this is this is before they, they announced the uh, Knight's Mill the day after, but Ian Buck over at NVIDIA wrote a blog basically rebutting all of the claims that uh, the the Xeon Phi was better than GPUs at at these various deep learning frameworks and would scale better and such such as that. I mean, Intel was claiming they they were faster than GPUs and they would scale higher and all these things. But the, basically, Ian's uh, thrust was that the comparisons were were unfair in the sense that they were comparing to to much older technology in the case of the Kepler GPUs and older software frameworks that had since been updated. So. Uh, NVIDIA put out a new set of figures based on the Pascal GPUs, which they just announced uh, a couple months ago, as well as updated software that that put it on a more level playing field. So there was, there was that aspect, too. But the day afterwards, of course, Intel announced Knight's Mill, which sort of threw everything uh, into a new perspective. Yeah, and you know, to get these benchmarking wars going around things like cafe and the deep learning space, I this is are we to the point where this is the new? Well, I won't even say the new Linpack yet, but maybe the new Spec. You know, it used to be we'd fight over things like Spec FP and Spec right. Int. Now we're fighting over cafe. It's kind of a an right. interesting shift in the marketplace. Now I should say that not all of the news at Intel Developer Forum, even for for HPC or hyperscale was was uh, compute-focused. I think, to me, actually, possibly the most interesting announcement was on the, was on the uh, interconnect side with Intel doing some news around ilica, uh, Intel Silicon Photonics, a, an optical component. Yeah, that was, that was uh, I think, one of the most important announcements at the, uh, 
at the forum, even though it, it, it didn't get a lot of play for very long, they actually announced two products that are now shipping. And these have to do with their silicon photonics program that they've been working on seemingly forever. They announced this back in uh, 2010 that they were working on these products. And they said their, their research and development actually goes back 16 years, which I can believe. A lot of companies are, are working on silicon photonics. So Intel became the first company to actually put out products that are now shipping and available to customers, and in this case, two products. Um, but the significance here is that they've basically shrunk all the, all the componentry that uh, is in these, these optical interfaces to, to switches and other boxes in the data center onto a chip. So they put the lasers onto the chip, they put the photo detectors, the, the converters that do optical to, to electrical all of that onto a single chip, and then they've put them into modules that now can connect, in this case, is into switches, but uh, in the future into other things like servers and storage arrays and whatever else you can imagine. So uh, the significance is it's going to uh, significantly reduce the cost of how much of how you can do optical in the in the data center. Uh, yeah, right, absolutely right. This, I think, was really the, the biggest thing to be talking about in terms of the future of, you know, this could be a new paradigm in uh, communications. I, first of all, freaking laser beams is always one of my favorite <laughs> things to talk about. I love talking about freaking laser beams, and we're going to put them now, actually build the laser beams onto the chip. I think that's right. cool, and I think it is a, a boon to, uh, to interprocessor communication. So, uh, you know, th that's a big development. Let's get in one more reaction to things here, too. You know, we uh, AMD kind of gets left out on some of this stuff. We talked about, uh, you know, comparison against IBM. We talked about a big response from NVIDIA. But AMD was trying to put out some news of its own. Yeah, basically a block away from, uh, from IDF where it was going on. Uh, in the middle of the of the forum, they put out some news having to do with Zen, their new CPU architecture that they've been working on for a few years that's going to replace Bulldozer. And it, it's being positioned as something that will go head-to-head -head with Intel Xeon line as well as the uh, the consumer side uh, Intel CPUs. And they, so they what they did is they demoed uh, one of the chips they've developed. It's not released yet, but it's... It, uh, this is sort of their workstation slash uh, PC line of high-performance uh, CPUs that, that are going to go into those client platforms. And it beat out sort of the newest CPU on the uh, Intel side in a Blender rendering application. This is a multi-threaded application that's very compute-intensive. And they showed that they could actually beat a, a Broadwell CPU with the new, uh, the new Zen CPU. So a lot of people... Uh, a lot of reporters and analysts were at this, and they talked about it a lot. And I, I wrote up a short piece on it as well. It was an interesting demonstration, something that was obviously designed to steal some of the thunder that was going on at IDF. I don't know. Would it be callous of me to say I don't really care that much? Well, if you're, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't to, to pull in all the rendering guys, but it was it was sort of just a demonstration that the fact that there's a big compute-intensive multi-threaded application that now looks like uh, it could be competitive with what AMD is producing. So in that sense, it's significant. But yeah, it's one single 
benchmark on one type of uh, application. Right. So it's it, one single benchmark, and rendering is so infinitely parallel that it's hard to even count it as high-performance computing anymore, and you're going one CPU versus one CPU and showing a marginal benefit. I don't think that's AMD's problem right now. AMD has had really interesting CPUs, but you know their problem, first and foremost, their problem has been strategic commitment to this space, which turns on and off every year to where you don't know whether they're in it or out of it. And now I think their bigger problem is they're so far behind on the software ecosystem that it's hard for them to put together a comprehensive strategy around HPC. Yeah, I I think I have to agree with you there. But the original problem they got into, how they got into this before they lost their edge, was the fact that their, their CPUs were not competitive on the hardware, in the hardware sense, with what Intel's producing. Well, they had been until they kind of got behind on Barcelona. And then with Bulldozer, Bulldozer sort of was a flop. And then people got uh, disenchanted with what AMD was producing. So Zen was sort of the answer to that. It's supposed to get them back on the hardware side. And it, it looks like it's probably their best chance they've been able to do that since basically Barcelona or before Barcelona. So uh, we should also mention they also showed their their server the server version of that chip, the, the new Zen chip, at this demonstration, they didn't show any applications running on it other than that was running under a Windows server, but they showed a dual socket, uh, what they're calling a Naples chip, which is the, uh, the Zen chip for the server side at the uh, at this demonstration this week. They're going to push that up against the, uh, the new Xeon the new Xeon Broadwell chips starting probably in 2017. They were a little bit late with this, but the, uh, it looks like the server chips for Zen will come out next year, hopefully early in the year, and start competing head-to-head. And this is a, a 32-core chip, and uh, from what they're saying, it, it is competitive. Uh, Lisa Sue was saying we're, we're hitting our performance numbers and everything looks good. So they, you know, Intel is looking at might have some competition really for the first time in several years on the server side, and we'll just see how that that plays I, out. I don't know. I don't know. I think the real competition is coming from NVIDIA and IBM in this case. AMD is going to have a lot more work to do other than uh, than a quick chip on one benchmark in order to come back in this space. Cool. Yeah, undoubtedly, yeah. Now, you know, rounding out the HPC and hyperscale stuff, we didn't really hear anything on, on Omnipath too much this week. We didn't really hear much on uh, Luster. But like we said at the top of the program, this is more of a consumer-focused play anyway. Those aren't going to have as broad an appeal. We did hear some from Mellanox a little bit, on, uh, but on, on their ConnectX adapters that they'd already launched previously on, at ISC, some additional features around, and demos around a uh, data path offload feature that, that I think is interesting. But really, for the most part, we didn't see a whole lot in those other areas. That'll, that'll come back around when we get to supercomputing. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, Intel actually put a lot of stuff up here, and I think we'll see a lot of reaction from some of the other the other vendors as well as we as we get into the fall season and, and approach, uh, like you said, supercomputing. So there's a lot they put on the table here, and so there's a lot of development we're going to see, I think, over the next few months in reaction to this and uh, follow on by Intel as well. Well, Intel is still the dominant vendor of the, by far for by these far. CPU architectures, and that's why they generate so much news. They got their hands in a lot of the parts of the uh, overall ecosystem. It's good to see a nice batch of news and a nice surprise on Knight's Mill. Yeah, definitely. And the silicon photonics, that'll that'll be some interesting news at, at SC as well. 
Definitely. All right, Michael, thanks for checking in again, and thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.